Well, if you agree with me that we serve a mighty God, say big strong. Don't you love your pastor and his family? Give them a big God bless you. Come on. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> you know, Pastor, I did, I did that in one church, and nobody said anything or clapped, and I thought, oh, my goodness, we got trouble in the house today. <laughs> but I'm glad you clapped and you said amen for your pastor. I appreciate them very, very much. And, Tim, it's good to see you again. The newlyweds. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, it's just good to be here. Praise the Lord. And it's good to have my wife with me again. And since we were here last time, we are grandparents again. We have a five-month-old grandson now. And if you'd like to see pictures, I'm sure that Nana would be glad to share those pictures with you after the service is over. She only has about 3,000 pictures on her camera now. So, uh, But uh, anyway, he is just a bouncing, happy, healthy uh, baby boy. His name is Carson Andrew and... And uh, we just love him. We, we have two granddaughters and a grandson now. And uh, so we're just, we are truly, truly blessed. And I'm thankful to say that my entire, our entire family is saved and knows Jesus as Savior and Lord. I had the awesome opportunity to, to pray both of our sons through to salvation and to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and to be baptized in water, and, and I've dedicated all three of our grandchildren to the Lord. And, and so I tell you what, I am, I am truly a blessed man. I am truly a blessed man to have a great family and great friends that I have here in this church and, and uh, friends that I know that are watching online as well. And uh, so I'm excited what God's doing. I'm excited about our ministry, bringing revival back. And uh, last February, the first Sunday of February, marked our six-year full-time, six years full-time on the road. And I I did some calculations, and in that six-year period, there's been over 3,750 people baptized in the Holy Ghost in that six-year period. Can you give God praise? Come on, somebody. Over 3,700. Praise the Lord. Now, that averages out to 12 per week. So I don't know what 12 of you need to be filled tonight, this afternoon. So, but we can take care of that today, praise God. And so, but the Lord is faithful, and there's been hundreds that have been saved as well. And thousands, multiple thousands of miles traveled as well as airtime as well to New York and California. And going back to New York again this year for our third consecutive year. It's just so great to be in in the center of, you know, there's nothing better than being in God's will. When you know you're in God's will. You see, I'm not an evangelist doing this until I find a church. I'm an evangelist doing this till the rapture of the church. And because I, I'm in this for the long haul, because I know that this is God's will, even though, even though back in the day, back when her dad was traveling full-time, back in the day there were over 3,000 full-time evangelists. But today, currently there are less than 100 full-time evangelists, and I'm one of those. And so I travel full-time, I live by faith. I never go to a church and say, I have to have $2,000, or I have to have 500, 500 people, or I can't come. And I've had people say that to me as a pastor. You know, I've pastored for 28 years, and I had people say, well, I have to have $2,000, or I have to have 500 people, or I cannot come. Well, you know, in those days, you hung up. Come on, somebody. But now you just push a little button. And, uh, but I live totally by faith. God is my source. God is my provider. As Pastor said, he's my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Praise God. Come on, give God praise one more time in the house of God. He's worthy of all praise and worthy of all glory. Praise God. So if you would please uh, keep us in your prayers as, I, as we travel, that God will just <clears throat> continue to open many, many doors. 
and uh, as he is doing, and and I, you know, I I'm busy, but I want to be busier. Uh, I don't like uh, I don't like any kind of lull time. I, I don't like I just I, I like I'm the kind of guy that I want to be on the move all the time. I don't like any type of downtime. I, I want to keep going. I want to keep moving. It's like in the gym, Tim. I want to just keep moving. I can't when people stop and talk to me. I don't have time to talk. Yeah, I'm cooling down. I want to keep moving. And so uh, when I go to the gym, I'm not there to socialize. I'm there to sweat. And so, uh, to the, you know, in the ministry, I'm, I want to just keep moving. And so, uh, so pray for us as we travel that God would just open up many, many doors. I'm excited about this afternoon. And I know that this service is here for a reason. Come on, son. I'm so glad that the weathermen missed it. Come on, somebody. Well, you know, Janice and I, pray, I don't know if y'all did, but we prayed. And I said, Lord, let, let the storm go. I said, let the snow go somewhere where people like snow. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's what I said. Let it go somewhere else. They like it. We don't like it here. I don't like it. So let it go somewhere else. And so uh, it did, praise God. And, and I'm so, you know, I, and I was out this morning very early and getting what little snow there was off of our driveway and off of my in-laws' driveway very early this morning. And, and, uh, and I thought, there's not even enough snow here to make a snowman. Come on, somebody. And uh, so I'm so thankful to be here. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited about God's Word. If you're not excited about God's Word, then you might need to come back to the altar to get, get saved all over again. Come on now. But I, I'm excited about God's Word. And so in saying that, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. And I, I'm going to preach to you a message. I'm going to get the, Is this water bottle for me? Okay, it's mine now whether it is or not. Come on, y'all. I do a lot of preaching, and I have to keep my vocals moist, and uh, my, my vocals get dry very quickly. But I'm going to preach to you this afternoon a message that is very special to me. A message that, that is probably, I would say that probably is the, is, is the most exciting text that God has given me uh, in, in the time that I have been preaching. It, it excites me more than anything else, I guess. First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. And it says this. Now, now, when Paul wrote this, Paul, Paul founded the Thessalonian church on his second missionary journey. And, and six months after it was founded, after great persecution, uh, Paul had to leave because his life was being threatened. So six months after he founded the church, he wrote this book to the Thess- Thessalonians. And in chapter 4, verse 13, he writes these words. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Now, now you know, that's the, the last thing God wants is a lot of ignorant brethren. Come on, somebody. Or our sister. So he does not want you to be ignorant about these words here. Concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, this, this, this afternoon when I was pre- getting ready for this message is that God is speaking to someone this afternoon. May, you might be losing your hope. You might be slipping back a little bit, but, but the encouraging word to you this afternoon is this, is that not to lose your hope in Christ. Come on, church. Not to lose your hope in Christ. For if we believe, how many believe this afternoon? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. This is not a word from Terry Carter. This is a word from the Lord. Say amen. Amen. 
that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Everybody say shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Look at there, trump is mentioned in the Bible. Come on, somebody. With the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. My word to you this afternoon is this. Church, we are going to leave this world in a blaze of glory. Father God, I pray right now that you'd move by your mighty power this afternoon. God, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Let every word be your word. Let every thought, God, be your thought. Let every action, God, be your action in Jesus' name. I pray, God, for those who are here, that you would anoint them to hear. Anoint them to hear these words, God, that that someone who may have come down discouraged or defeated that is losing their hope, that, God, that their hope would be encouraged in you, God, that there there be a new desire, a, a new fire, as the worship team just sang, a new wine, a new fire built inside them to, to strive for and to go for and to live for this, this life that we live that you've called us to do, God. We'd be in the center of your will, Lord God, and we could strive for the rapture of the church in Jesus' name. And everyone said a big strong amen. amen. Blaze of glory. Now, many, many years ago, when Janice and I were traveling and we were in the Florida area, we took our, our sons to NASA to see the space capsules and the space rockets and ships and all these things. And back in the day when we were just uh, very young people, they had these, these capsules that would come down with these parachutes, you know, in an, an Apollo 13 movie, you know, they'd splash down, you know. And that we saw all this stuff, and, and, and we were going around NASA and looking at all this scientific technology and, 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 and rocket ships from, from days gone by to the current shuttle things that they have nowadays. And, and it just me to see this, this absolute phenomenal multi-billion dollars worth of equipment that they have on display for people to see. Well, as we're walking around, I saw an employee standing over in the, on, the, on the sidewalk there. And my curiosity got the best of me. So as the kids and Janice were out walking around, I walked over, introduced myself, and told him who I was. And I just began to ask questions. I said, i got to ask you a question. What kind of fuel do you have to have just to get that thing off the ground into the atmosphere and into outer space? Well, he gave me this, this long concoction, which I can't really remember all of it, but it involves several different kinds of liquid oxidizers and chemicals. It goes something like this, liquid oxygen, hydrogen peroxide, nitrogen tetroxide, and ammonium perchlorate, and many other things that I can't even, I forgot what all he said. But as I begin to think about all this, this mixture of chemicals to, to make this perfect fuel, just to launch that thing off the ground and get it into the outer space, I thought, you know, one of these days, I'm not going to need any of these type of chemicals to get me off planet Earth. Come on, somebody. One of these days, the dead and cross are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Praise God, church. We're going to leave this world. Praise God. It's called the rapture of the church. Come on, somebody. And we're going to leave this. Gravity will lose its hold. And church, we are going home. Praise God. 
We're going to leave this world in a blaze of glory, praise God. And I don't know about you, but this is my hope. It's my blessed hope. It's what I look for. It's what I long for. It's what I hope for, praise God. And, and I define blessed hope like this, expectation with great desire. Expectation with, that's what I call blessed hope. It's the expectation with great desire. I don't know about you, but I live for it. I look for it because Jesus is coming after a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. In church, one day we are going home. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you're not excited about it, you might not be going. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God will come back in awesome power and awesome majesty. The dead Christ are going to, that godly grandma, that my godly, my great, great godly grandparents, my great godly grandpa who was a minister, my grandparents, parents, my brother, my family, your grandma and grandpa of days gone by, all of those loved ones who died in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are alive, those, how many of you, you know Jesus as Savior and Lord? Come on, wave at me. You know you're saved. Come on. Those of who are alive and remain, one day we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. Praise God. People have said to me as a pastor, well, Brother Carter, I'm just so afraid that when I get there that God might say, well, you, you, I made a mistake and you, you shouldn't be here. Well, God makes no mistakes. If you've made it, you've made it. If you're there, you're there. Hallelujah. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, praise God, and we're out of here, praise God. Hallelujah. I used to joke around with my Southern Baptist parents and my Southern Baptist mother when we would get together for Christmas, and I'd say, you know, I'd say, you Baptists are going to beat us at rapture. And they'd say, why? Because the Bible plainly says that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that didn't go over very well. Come on, y'all. That did not go over very well. But we're, hey, everybody that knows Jesus as Savior and Lord, we're, praise God. It doesn't matter if you're what denomination. On that day, denominational barriers are going to fall. It's not going to be a section reserved for Baptist, Assemblies of God, Church of God, Independent, Church of God in Christ. Listen, it's going to be all of God's church going home. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, on this chart that we designed here, my wife and I designed this. This section here represents planet Earth down here. This is the cross of Calvary. And the next event on God's great timetable, if you want to call it that, is the rapture of the church. Right now, we're living in the church age, Acts 2 until today. Right now, we're living between the cross and the rapture. This is where we're at right now. So the next event to take place is the rapture of the church. We're so close. Can you say amen? We're so close. We're almost there. And no one knows the, the, the day or the hour when he's coming back, but he's going to come back in awesome, glorious majesty. Job 37, 22 says, God is back in awesome majesty as well. The Bible says in Psalm 147, verse 5, great, his understanding is infinite. How many know we serve a mighty God? 
Psalm 148, verse 1, or 48, verse 1. Great is and great to be praised in the city of God in the mountain of his holiness. Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord and great to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Amen. Friends, we serve a powerful God. He's going to come back with great majesty and power. Praise God. Gravity will lose its hold, and we're out of here. Come on now. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump in church, we are gone. Now, this is not a glorified body, but one day it will be a glorified body. For we, for we shall see him as he is. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me, praise this world in a blaze of glory. I haven't lost my hope. I haven't lost my desire. Because Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. And I know where I'm going. Come on now. I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. And I know that God loves me. And church, I'm out. And what excites me more is I know that my wife's going. My kids are going. My in-laws are going. My, my, uh, my, my daughter-in-laws are going. And church, my friends, one of these days, I know that all of my grandkids will be there as well. Hallelujah. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Revelation 12, 10 says this, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ. God is a God of great power. Hallelujah. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuses them before our God day and night. I'm going to lead this world in a blaze of glory. Matthew 5, 8 says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. You see, that's the key right there. Our hearts must be pure. God knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows where you're at. He knows your secret times. He knows what you're looking at. He knows what you're listening to. He knows your address. He knows your phone number. He knows your secret passcodes. He, he knows the number of the hairs on your head that you used to have. Come on, somebody. <laughs> he knows all about you. Amen. He knows whether your heart is pure or not. He knows all about you. So, church, we've got to understand that are the pure are. We must have a heart of purity. And this, this anger thing must be put aside. Or, oh, Brother Carter, you don't understand how badly I've been hurt over the years. It doesn't matter. Give it to God. Because when you hang on to a hurt... You're not helping yourself. You're hurting yourself, and you're hurting others around you. Let it go. Let it go. Give it to God. Because one of these days, church, and I know there's been a lot of sermons preached about it, a lot of songs sung about it, but one of these days, it's going to be a reality. One of these days, we're going to see him come back, and there he is. Come on now. He's going to be there. Amen. Whether you expect it or not, he's going to come. No one knows the day of the hour. Matthew 24, 36. Matthew 24, uh, 42. Talks about how he will come. And, and no one knows the day of the hour. Matthew 24, 27. Talks about how he will come as lightning in the sky. As, as, as far as the east is from the west. And how the, the lightning will come and it will shine. That's how quickly the Son of Man is going to come back. Friend, we've got to be ready. He's going to come. He's going to come. And I know that it's been a lot of things going on that distracts us, 
that pulls us aside. There may be church activities. There may be home activities, school activities, social activities. And, 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 we, and now we've got 500 channels that we can scan all night long on the TV. Come on now. But listen, we've got to remember that Jesus is coming soon. He's coming after a church that's looking for a soon return. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time? When's the last time you woke up and said, maybe this could be the day that Jesus comes back? Maybe this could be the hour that Jesus comes back. Our eyes need to be scanning the skies. Our ears need to be attuned to hear the trumpet call of our deliverer, to hear and to see the soon coming of the Son of Almighty God. Can you say amen? He's coming back very soon, my friend. He's coming back very soon. How many are looking for that day to come? Come on now. But see, we're so sidetracked. There's so many things in this world right now that distract us. And now we've got political issues and we've got racial tension. And I have never seen in all my life so much stuff going on in America like it is right now. It just blows my mind. I was holding a revival in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, one, it was last year sometime, and this pastor has been pastoring this church for, for 60 years. He pioneered this church when he was 27 years old. Now he's 87, he's, and he's been pastoring there for 60 years. So I asked, I said, Brother Bob, i got to ask you a question. I, I need to ask you a question. And, 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 and all the time you've been pastoring, 60 years in one church, have you ever seen such turmoil, such distress in America? He said, I've never seen anything like it in all my life, Terry. I have never in my 87 years seen anything like we've got going on right now. You see, this, my friend, America is in a state of emergency. This is getting serious. It's time for the church to wake up. Come on, y'all. Amen. It's not okay to abort 41 million babies in one year. It's not okay. It's not okay to license homosexuals. Come on, somebody. It's not okay to live any way you want to and think you can still be saved. Come on, somebody. It's not okay to go along just to get along. It's time for the church to wake up. Come on, somebody. I, I want to read to you a scripture. The Bible says in Romans thirteen eleven. listen to this. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. It can't get much clearer than that. It can't get much clearer than that. You, you, you watch the news like I do. You see the things on TV like I do. You read your word like I do. This is called the signs of the times. We're living in the last days. These are the times that we need to watch out for because, listen, one of these days, the trump's going to sound and we're out of here and either you're ready or you're not. Amen. And then after that, the tribulation. And I've had people tell me, well, now, Brother Carter, that tribulation, this is after the rapture. We got tribulation, three and a half years of tribulation, three and a half years of the great tribulation before the battle of Armageddon. That's where a lot of people think they're going to, well, I can get saved during tribulation. Don't kid yourself. Amen. If you can't get saved now, what makes you think you're going to get saved during tribulation? Come on now. It's going to be, it's going to be impossible. And so we, we need to understand that the hour is now. Now is the time for salvation. We're in great distress. I, I want to go back to Matthew 24. Ma Matthew 24 says this. 
it says that there will be great distress among the, the church and, and, and there will be great distress among the nations. And how many of you realize that we're in great distress right now? Nation against nation and there's earthquakes and all these things and the, the day and the hour is, is right now upon us. And, and such as it was in, in the days of Noah, it will be right now. And, and honestly, I don't know what it was like in the days of Noah, but now we've got all, all kinds of perversion, all kinds of sin where anything goes and literally just slapping God in the face at church. These are the last days. It's getting, America is in a state of emergency. And I've got a word for you. Nowhere in the Bible, America is not mentioned in prophecy in the Bible. Come on, so now let that sink in for a while. But we understand this, that it's coming very, very soon in the last days where Jesus is going to come back and we must be ready because we don't want to go through tribulation. I, I'm not going to go through tribulation. How about you? Somebody asked me one time, they said, Brother Card, aren't you concerned about who the Antichrist is? I said, no, I'm not a bit concerned who the Antichrist is because I won't be here. Come on, y'all. When the rapture takes place, shoom, I'm gone. Then he will be revealed, and I'm not going to be here to worry about that. The Bible says this in, in, in Luke chapter 21. Turn to Luke chapter 21, if you will, please. Luke 21, verse 36 says this. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. You see, friends, this is talking about tribulation. This is talking about the end times. Now, let's go over now to Revelation, Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. It says this, Because thou hast kept these words of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, the tribulation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Friends, we are living in the last days and Jesus is going to come back very, very soon. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that time. Jesus promised to come back for he said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again. Jesus promised it. Prophets predicted it. Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus promised it. Prophets predicted it. Angels also prophesied it. Acts 1.11, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken away shall so come back in like manner. Praise God. John proclaimed it in 1 John 2.3. But we, when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Jesus promised it. Prophets predicted it, angels prophesied, John proclaimed, and Terry Carter is preaching, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming. You better be ready. Jesus is coming soon. It may be morning, it may be night, it may be noon, like the old song says, but he's coming very, very soon. Ready or not, he's coming. Amen. When, when, you know, you, I'm sure you did this when you was, when you was a child too. When we were children, we'd play hide-and-go-seek. You know, we actually went outside and played. Come on, somebody. And so we would hide. Somebody would count to ten. Ready or not, here I come. And whether you were hidden or not, we were going to come find you. So Jesus is going to come back whether you're ready or not. Such as it was in the days of Noah, and we're there right now. We're living in a day and age where homosexuality and lesbianism is an accepted lifestyle. 
You know, and, I, and, you know, I'm not downing the person. The sin is what we're going after. Come on now. The sin problem, the sin problem in that person. We cannot accept that sin. We cannot accept that kind of a lifestyle. We cannot accept the lifestyle and say that it's okay. You can stay like that. Come on now. You've got to turn from your wicked ways. Be saved and, and know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and turn and live strongly for him. Can you say amen? We must live for Christ all of our lives, praise God, because someday he's going to come back. We have the, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, cross of Calvary, the church age where we're at right now, the rapture of the church, the tribulation, and tribulation will be a terrible time, economic crisis like never before. Mountains that will disappear because of, of, of such powerful earthquakes. Men's heart failing them for fear. They're going to cry out for the rocks to fall upon them, but, but they won't do it. Amen. It's going to be great men crying out for death, but they won't die. During tribulation, you cannot be saved during tribulation if, you're, if you hear these words today. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, I want you to go back and see this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says this. <clears throat> Let's go to, I'm sorry, it's 2 it's Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, which all power and signs and lying and wonders, and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness, in them that perish because they received not the love of truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God will send them the strong delusion and that they shall believe a lie. So see, my friends, if you, if you think you can get saved during tribulation, it's a, it's a lie from the devil. Because during tribulation, God himself, is, you say, well, now, Brother Carter, I don't see God doing this. But you see, you've got to understand that God is a God of justice and mercy and judgment and sovereignty. And God will send a strong delusion to those who have heard the gospel and they cannot be saved. Now, yes, there will, there will be people saved during tribulation, but those who have never heard. But those who have heard, they cannot be saved during tribulation time. But then at the end of tribulation, the battle of Armageddon, somehow the, the, the Antichrist, somehow the false prophet, somehow the devil himself, they're going to figure out when and where Christ is going to come back. The battle of Armageddon and then Christ himself is going to come back. He's going to saddle a white horse. And then on that day, God's army, that's you and me, friends. Come on, somebody shout. On that day, we're all going to come back with him on, on these brilliant white stallions. On the last days, we're all going to be cowboys. Come on, somebody. And on that day, we're going to come back, and Jesus Christ himself is going to come back with a shout command, and he's going to wipe them all out and, and make them all buzzard bait. Come on, somebody. I don't know how it's going to happen, but then there at that time, there's going to be, and the Bible says that they're going to have, that the blood will be as, as high as a horse's bridle. Now, I, way back in the day, I used to raise horses. I used to ride horses. I, I used to ride in, in shows, and I had horses. And, and a horse, now, depending on the size of the horse, whether it's 14 hands or 14 and a half or 15 or 16, or it could be a very, very big horse of 17 hands, but the horse's bridle is, is, about, is about right in here, depending on the size of the horse. Now, now think about how the blood will be as, as, as tall as a horse's bridle. That's, that's how bad it's going to be during that time. But you see, during that time, we're going to be with him. God's army, we're going to be there. Hallelujah. We're going to be there at the, 
at the, at, the, uh, at the great coming of Christ, the second, at, the, at the first coming, the rapture, not every eye will see him, the rapture of the church, but at that second coming, the revelation of Jesus Christ, every eye is going to see him. And at that point, Christ himself will put his feet on earth again. Come on now. And he will rule and reign for a thousand glorious years. Praise God. And the devil himself will be bound forever and ever and ever and be loose for a short season at the, at the end. Then the final judgment for those who are, who are were not saved. You see, we're going to be judged at the, at, at, after the rapture. We'll be judged for our works. The, the, it's called the, bump, the, the Bema judgment seat for all believers. That, that judgment there will not be for any unsaved people. It's only for believers. We're going to be judged for our works. What we did or did not do on earth. What did we do after we were saved? Did we witness? Did we win the lost? Uh, did we do what we're supposed to, to do? As, uh, did we feed the hungry? You know, I, I'm in the process of putting some stuff together to, to write a book about soul winning. It's amazing to me how I found this, this interesting t- statistic that, that less than 2%, less than 2% of all Christians are winning anyone to Christ. Think about that. But we're going to be judged for our works on that day. What did you do? What did you, did you not do for Christ after you were saved? But then the, last, the final judgment, the, the judgment seat of Christ, where, where Christ actually comes back to earth, that's going to be for those who are not saved. The final judgment, the books will be opened. And if their name's not written down, they will hear these horrible words, Depart from me, I never knew you. But friends, here's my challenge to you this morning, this afternoon is this, is that we... If you, if you really, if you, listen to me, if you really stay faithful to Christ, if you really stay faithful to him, amen, you cannot fail. The church cannot fail because Christ is its head, the Holy Spirit is its power, and the word of God is its guide. And if you do these things, if you apply this word to your heart, live for him, serve him there's no time for backsliding there's no time for failures there's no time to say well i'm going to do whatever i want to do i'm going to take care of numero uno here and i'm going to have fun and i'm just going to party let me tell you something all parties in hell will be canceled because of fire come on somebody there'll be no parties in hell but oh what a joy it's going to be oh hallelujah what a grand meeting that'll be in the air praise god Oh, hallelujah, we're going to sing and shout the victory, praise God, in a place that Jesus himself called paradise. Amen. Paradise. I've never been to, I've never been to a place called paradise. Many years ago, I was in Hawaii, and a guy told me, we, I was on tour there, and uh, 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 traveling for, the, for this team, the singing gospel team, and, 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 and this guy said, if you really want to go to paradise, go to Tahiti. I've never been to Tahiti, but one day we will be in paradise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walk on streets of pure gold. Gates of pearl. Walls of jasper. Praise God. And a great family reunion like we have never, ever experienced before. Praise God. Hallelujah. The wedding supper of the Lamb. Praise God. We'll eat and just pig out and have to worry about any kind of calories. Come on, somebody. Praise God. We are going to have a shouting time there, a glorious time, praise God. And if you don't like shouting, don't get by me in heaven. Come on, somebody, praise God. What a great time it's going to be. But more importantly, Jesus himself will be there. The one who died for us, 
the one who loves us, the one who has, is interceding for us, the one who loves you. Listen to me. God loves you this afternoon. God loves you. He's going to come back for you because he loves you. The rapture of the church, praise God. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. Many years ago, Ira Stanfield wrote these words in 1950. He says, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he, for he knows what is ahead. Listen, we don't know about tomorrow. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. They may predict forecasts, and, and they may get it wrong, and they'll, they'll get it wrong some other day. Sometimes they might get it right. But here's the thing. What Jesus said is always right. And he said, I will come again. One of these days, he's going to come. He's going to come in awesome majesty, as the Word of God says. Glorious power. And when he comes back this time, unlike the first time, to be born as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and to live and to, and to die, to be beaten and be spit upon. Listen, when he comes back this time, he's not coming back to be beaten and to be spit upon or to be crowned as a, as a mocked king. He's going to come back crowned king of kings and king of kings and lord of lords. He's going to come back in awesome, glorious majesty and power. Praise God. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. I know where I'm going. My sins are forgiven. I have not lost my hope. Amen. Many, many years ago. This was uh, probably uh, 1980, 1985, about two months before graduation in Central Bible College. I was working part-time as a security officer on campus at CBC. And occasionally, we would have to take turns and work on Sundays. Well, this was my turn to work on Sunday. So I walked on campus early that Sunday morning. It was my turn to work on Sunday. And when I, when, when I walked on campus, I felt something very strange. I just felt something in my spirit that something wasn't right when I walked on campus. When I walked into the security shack, I asked the guy that, I, that was leaving on that, that shift, I said, what's going on? I, I feel something's wrong. Something's not right. What, what's going on? He said, you didn't hear the news? I said, no, I didn't hear the news. And there's a friend of ours that he started the same year as we did, 1981, went four years of t to college and had two, two months to go, two months till graduation. He went out that night, borrowed a friend's car, and committed suicide that night. He left a note behind that said this, that he could no longer serve a God that would allow hunger, people to go hungry and people to go un without clothes and, and things of disaster in America. He could no longer serve a God like that. And friend, what happened was, you see, he lost his hope in God. He lost his hope because, listen, when you hold on to the master's hand, we don't understand what, we don't understand about tomorrow, but when you, when you, hold, when you, when you grasp a hold of the master's hand and, and you hold on and you, and you tie a, a spiritual knot at the end of that rope and, you just, and you're hanging on and say, I, God, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand the, the physical battle. I don't understand the financial battle. I don't understand the spiritual battle. But God, I'm going to hang on to you. I'm going to hang on to your hand. I'm going to reach out and touch you because... 
I know that you won't let me go. I know you didn't bring me this far to let me sink or let me drown. God, I'm going to hold on because, I, God, I know that, that my hope is in you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. And nothing, nothing, no political division, no racial tension, no hatred, nothing in this world is going to turn me loose. i got my eyes fixed on the master. I've got my, fa- my eyes fixed on the end of the race. And God, folks, I know where I'm going because God is my Savior. <laughs> many, many years ago in high school, this was 43 years ago, 44 years ago when I ran track in high school. Back in the day, I didn't have a weak knee or a bad back. Come on, somebody. I remember the coach were teaching us, and I used to run track. And back in the day, Pastor, believe it or not, I could run like the wind. I, I really could, really, back in the day. And I remember when I was learning how to do the track and everything, and the coach was teaching us how to get in the starting blocks and to, and to get in, in the right position to hold our hands just the right way in the starting block and to wait for that gun to go off and not to jump until the gun goes off and all this and all that. But one thing he said was, and I'll never forget as long as I live. He said, listen to me, guys. Listen to me. He said, when that gun goes off, don't worry about the guy beside you or behind you. Look at the finish line and give it all you've got. But he said these words. One other thing he added to that. He says, when the finish line is before you, don't slow down before you get there. Slow down after you get across the line. Don't stop until you've crossed the line. Church, don't stop. Don't stop serving Jesus. We haven't crossed the line yet. The trumpet hasn't sounded yet. The shell command hasn't, hasn't sounded yet. Amen. And, and who, we don't know. It, it could be today. It might be another five years. We don't know. But the thing about it is, be ready. Don't give up. I sense again in my spirit right now as I begin to close this morning, this afternoon, is that somebody here this afternoon, you can, this service is not a mistake. I, I called Pastor several weeks ago, and he, we, he, we scheduled this service, and, and so, and the, the, you know, the hour of this meeting is not a mistake. We're here by divine appointment. Somebody here this afternoon, you've been feeling in your spirit that you're, that you're losing your hope. You're beginning, your hope is beginning to, it's beginning to slip away. You, you've been facing some challenges and you've been facing some things in your life and, and your hope is, is slipping away. Listen, this, I've been talking about our blessed hope, the blaze of glory, the blessed hope of, that Jesus is going to come back very, very soon. And he will. He's going to come back. But right now, you're here this afternoon. Somebody, you feel like your hope is slipping you feel like maybe, you're, maybe even your salvation might be slipping away a little bit. Don't slumber. Don't sleep. Wake up. We don't know about tomorrow, but we know who holds our hand and can get us through tomorrow. He'll get you through it. He'll get you through it. And if he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Come on, somebody. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on now. God's going to do something very special in the this, in this service this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I'm just waiting on you now. I'm just waiting on you, Jesus, to speak to me what to do next, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone standing, please.
Everyone standing, please, all over the sanctuary. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you love the Lord this afternoon, just lift up your hands and begin to praise Him right now. Come on, just praise Him. God's going to do something special right now in someone's life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed right now, I'm going to ask this question. If, that, if this message today has spoken to you, saying, Brother Carter, that, that's, that's me. I, I'm beginning to lose my, I feel like my hope is slipping away. The, the battles of this world have been getting to get to me. Struggles of this world have begun to get to me. And I, I'm getting, I've just been burdened. I've been, I've been struggling. I've been slipping, maybe even to a point of depression almost. And you've just been struggling through these things. Every head bowed, every eye closed between me and you and God. Brother Carter, that's me. I, I, I just feel like I need, I just, well, I just need special, I need my hope to be reunited. I need, I need to reunite my hope with God again. I need a renewed spirit in me right now. Brother Carter, if, if that's you, just lift up your hand. Just lift it, lift it up right now. Lift, lift it up. Say, Brother Carter, that's me. That's me. That's me. I just need a touch of my life right now. I just need a spiritual touch right now. Lift it up right now. Someone else. Someone else. Someone else. Someone else. I need my hope restored in God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I've been, I've been waiting on God to ask him how to end this service, but here's the way I feel like God wants us to end this service this, this afternoon, and that's like this. One thing that I did not bring out in this message that I want to bring out now is this, is that, is that when we're raptured out of this world and the saints of old and the dead in Christ arise first and all of us who are alive and remain caught up together meet the Lord in the air when, when, when all of us are gathered together and we're in and we're on the other side of glory when we're there the Bible talks about it in Revelation chapter 5 where there's thousands upon thousands ten thousand times ten thousand angels in heaven that's, that's you and me friends that's you and me that's us that's, that's going to be us there and when we get there in heaven it's, it's going to be a time of rejoicing a time of shouting, a time of, of praising and singing glory to God. Amen. But you see, friends, what I like to do is, is we, don't have, we don't have to wait till we get there to praise Him. Come on now. We can praise Him right now.